Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy. As you can see today, I'm joined by Katie and Cameron to talk about yesterday's thrilling 3-3 draw against Coventry at the CBS Arena. Um, uh, Firstly, apologies, this is all a bit last minute. So if you're able to jump on and you're watching this live, thank you very much. Uh, If you're re-watching it as a video, then thank you very much as well. Um, hopefully my voice holds out. As you can tell, it was quite a uh, quite a game to be at yesterday and uh, my voice has taken an absolute battering um, thanks to it. But Katie and Cam, you were both there. Firstly, Katie, how are you doing? Do you enjoy yesterday? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, yesterday was... It was really good, and I actually lost my voice a bit after the game. When I was afterwards, I was like a bit croaky, but seemed to have recovered. By always, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a good game for the neutrals, and uh, probably not a great game for my uh, for my heart and my blood pressure. But uh, that it never is as a Watford fan. Cam, um, obviously, we we went together. Um, you enjoy yourself yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the last sort of back and forth, back and forth, end-to-end game I went to like that. So it, it wasn't fun at the time, but I, I think I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, well, it's typical. Yeah, that probably would have been a decent game for me to bring the missus to. You know, she's always saying how boring it is when it's like 1-0 or 1-1 or something. But 3-3, it pretty much had everything, didn't it? And uh, 
we'll start with with the team news. Um, it, it, uh, two o'clock when we were in the pub yesterday, Cam, and the team news broken. The changes in starting. Uh, Rajovic starting as well, his first start since signing from Kalmar. And then um, Sierra Elta straight back into the um, into the side as well. What did you make of that team news, Cam, when it came out? Was was there any that sort of took you by surprise or was you relatively happy with that? Because we know Ishmael likes to, you know, keep it very much the same. He doesn't like to tinker too much. You know, we saw that with Stevenage. Um, you know, we, we played pretty much other than the goalkeeper, a full strength team in the cup, and you sort of expect rotation, but Ishmael's very much wants to keep the same team together. So when you saw those changes, was you a little bit surprised or was you happy with it? Yeah, he had a decision to make with Espria not playing to his best uh, against, who was it, Blackburn. And yeah, Tom Ince came on that game, looked great. And yeah, he, he chose Tom Ince and I was... You know, I wasn't against Espria starting, but it was good to see Ince is fit enough and ready to play a full game. Uh, Rajovic, yeah, he had to come in. I think Bio has been anonymous last couple of games, so good to see the big man get a start. And yeah, that, the midfield, it looked a bit weak without Sierra Alter in there before, so I, I was really glad to see him back. And yeah, I hope he stays well clear of injury from now on. Yeah, absolutely. And Katie, was there any any sort of changes there that you perhaps wouldn't have made or were you relatively happy with, with what, what was put out? No, I, I was really happy with it. I think the changes that he made, I mean, I was unsure on Ince coming in, but, you know, he made me eat my words because he actually played really well, I think. And, you know, if he started next after the international break, like I'd be really happy with that because I think he, you know, he earned that because of his performance. But yeah, I was happy. I was really happy with the team, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Ince was was brilliant, like you said, Cam. I thought Ince coming against Blackburn and did a did a really good job, albeit you know we didn't get a goal out of him or anything. But um, he, he he looked positive when he came on, and I think yesterday he definitely put in a very good case to be to be starting in the next few games. Definitely. Um, I mean, we obviously didn't know what we were going to be in for. Twenty minutes in. Um, and the madness started at the CBS Arena. The referee pointed to the penalty spot. Now, Katie, I know you were sort of further down towards the front of the pitch, where I was, I was at the back, and it was the other end of the ground to us. But was you just as shocked as every other Watford fan in the away end when he pointed to the spot? Because we were like, what? Like, what's he giving it for? And it was typical. But Backman come up with the goods, didn't he? And it was a brilliant save. Brilliant penalty save. What did you make of it all? Yeah, I mean, even though I was quite um, like near the front, I actually couldn't really see what was happening. Mm. Um, in fact, I thought he'd maybe like given a. I don't know. I don't know what was given. I didn't realize it was a penalty until everyone started cheering. But <laughs> um, you know, Backman. You know, cred, credit to him because he actually did really well for the save, and there was even a rebound as well. And you know, I know he skied it, but you know. Um, but he did well. He kept his kept his composure, and I think, you know, in some situations like that, we know what the officiating in this league is like. And sometimes you get those things, and he did well to keep us back in the game. Absolutely, and and he he, he did just that, didn't he, Cam? He uh, he's got a bit of a knack for saving penalties, hasn't he? 
Backman. Yeah, that that Oxford game a few years ago. Um, yeah, save three penalties in one shootout. But I don't think I've ever seen a penalty save in a Watford game I've been to. I think that's the first time. So, yeah, yeah. new new thing for me. But Backman sort of grew in confidence for a bit after that because yeah. right after on the goal kick, he we did our little routine as one two with Hoot and. He played a brilliant, you know, line-breaking pass into midfield to find, uh, I think it was Rajevic. And yeah, we built a little attack from that. And it, uh, that's what he's in the team for now. He, he's in there to play those passes. And yeah, it's nice to see him growing confidence, even if it was only for a, a short five-minute spell. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about his performance uh, on a whole um, a little bit later on in the show. But... That was 20 minutes in. 15 minutes later, we, um, and to be fair, this come from Backman as well. It started at the back, and I think they played a ball through the middle. And then Ken Semmer made that brilliant pass out to, um, out to Tom Ince. Tom Ince brought it down um, the wing. Rajovic fell over, and I thought it was an own goal, but it's gone down as a Rajovic goal. Katie, how thrilled were you? that Rajovic scored on his debut, especially because uh, on his full debut, sorry, especially because of the abuse he was getting after the Blackburn game. He definitely silenced a few haters yesterday, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I was really happy to see him score because there was a lot of people around me going, oh, this guy's rubbish, he's doing nothing, this and that. Like, just, and I was like, you know, he's not going to instantly click you know, we saw in Blackburn, like, you know, I mean, he didn't have much time to really do anything, but, you know, he really, really, you know, silenced some people because he scored and, you know, he did fall over and he got up quickly and he made the most of the thing. And I was re-watching the goal and he actually does quite well and the cross in is good, but he, you know, he did well and I, I'm really happy for him that he got two goals. Absolutely. And and Cam, he, he very much said you know, himself, that scoring goals in the box, like being that poacher, being that fox in the box, that's his office, he said. And did that show that he is that type of player that's going to be clinical in the box? Yeah, well, two goals speaks for itself. Um, clinical, I, I won't jump the gun on that because of mm. his, his late chance. He, yeah. he should, have, should have buried that at the end, but... Yeah, it's, it's nice to see him getting in the right positions. He's making much more of a nuisance of himself than than Bio would. He's, um, yeah, centre-backs, are they're going to have problems picking him up in the future because he, he is a big bastard. He, he's a handful. And, yeah, I, I feel bad for any centre-back coming against him. But, yeah, it's nice to see him get the service as well. I think a lot of credit goes to Ince for that. Absolutely. And... Um... Ince, for me, yesterday, um, you know, when he played, he got a standing ovation when he came off. Katie, what did you think of Tom Ince yesterday? I thought he was he was direct. Every time he got the ball, he looked to go forward and he makes things happen. And I think we saw the Tom Ince that, uh, this is going to sound weird, but we saw the Tom Ince that Watford fans hate because he's a handful and he gets at teams and now he's doing it in, in a Watford shirt and he's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, I thought he, I honestly thought he was a lot better than I thought he would be. He mm. was quick, fast. He got in the players' heads. You know, you could, think, you could see that they were getting frustrated to the point where he was, um, like, the, 
the players were clearly getting frustrated with him because he was making all these runs and he played some really nice balls into the box, you know, just getting in good positions. And it it's nice to have someone feeding, you know, quality balls in because that's what we need. Absolutely. This is what we've been saying, you know, creating the chances has been there, but we've not had someone that's been able to put them away. And the fact that the matter is, we were just talking about Rajovic, you know, if he's going to be that type of player, as long as we get balls into the box, then I don't care if he doesn't do anything, you know, spectacular in the middle of the pitch or drop deep or anything like that. If we get the balls into the box and Rajovic is there, he's going to do a good job. We've got a comment here saying, Rajovic got in the box and scored twice, but he didn't do enough, really. Um, we've been crying out for someone to be in there to score, but he didn't do enough in some people's eyes. Don't get it. And I completely agree with that. I don't know what people expect of him. There was a few people around by me that were calling him lazy and, you know, moaning and groaning when he didn't do certain things right and, you know, saying he was static. But at the end of the day, he's been brought in to be a target man. Like, what do they expect a target man to be? Like, a target man's not going to bust a gut and run the channels and everything. A target man's going to make a nuisance of himself. He's going to get himself about aerially. And I must say, in the second half, especially when Bio come on, which we'll talk about in a bit, I thought the link-up play between them two was good. I thought he won a lot of aerial duels as well. And Batman was finding him with the passes. And it was, it was old school. It was sort of direct, you know. He was floating the balls in, uh, Batman was, floating the balls in. Rajovic was winning the flick on. And there was someone there. So, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, he might not run as much as the other players and do the, the dirty work in, in that regard, but he's been brought in to do a job and I think he's done so far. It looks like he's 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 willing, he's capable of doing the, the task set of him by, uh, by Valerian Ishmael. But going back to Daniel Backman, unfortunately, it didn't take long for him to fall into his old ways and I want to get both of your opinions on this because I think it's definitely split the room on Twitter um, and I was listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes um, match, post-match phone-in and a couple of people were sort of, you know, it, it split opinion there as well. For me, I it was a very silly free kick to give away from Sierra Elta. He doesn't need to do that. doesn't need to bring him down there. And B... He's got to be saving that free kick. It bounced right in front of him. I think he's... There's a brilliant... I say brilliant. It's not brilliant to watch back because it's it's a goal for them. But there's an angle behind the goal. There's a, a camera angle behind the goal. And Backman's positioning for me is terrible. Um, Cam, do you think he should have saved that free kick? Well, first, we'll, we'll start with before the free kick because, yes. yeah, I... We had um, we had this pattern where you know we're trying to play out through Sierra Outer, and we get the hard part done. But mm. every single time the pass is just straight to a Coventry shirt, uh, over and over. And yeah, that led to the the free kick. Right when you've got a free kick shooting distance, you're lining up your wall. You want more than three bloody players in the wall, don't you? <laughs> he had the whole goal to aim at. We we put no one in that wall. It, it's it's hard for Backman, but he should, as captain and goalkeeper, 
he should be organising a better wall, shouldn't he? And then on to the actual free kick itself. Yeah, that, that shouldn't be going in. And I looked at the second tier. They tweeted a video of the goal. I looked in the replies to see, you know, our neutral is going to point out that it's bad goalkeeping just to avoid any bias. And yeah, for sure, they were saying it's it's bad goalkeeping. They should be saving it. So if neutral fans can see it and Watford fans can see it, then you know, I I don't know. It, it should it should have been saved, shouldn't it? Yeah, and Katie, do you agree? Do you think he should be saving that? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, when you look at where the ball actually ended up, he literally dives over the ball. Like, yeah. if you had just been like dived lower, he would have saved it. You know, my dad was even saying like he's gonna hit bottom left corner, like. It was obvious the way he was going to go. And obviously the wall was small. He had a huge area to aim for. I think there wasn't much power on it. And Backman seemed to dive really slow for it. I just think mm -hmm. you, you would, you would he should be angry at himself that he let that go in because I think it would have been an easier save than he made it out to be. I think it's quite evident for him as well. You say he should be angry with himself. When that goal went in, if you'd have watched Backman, he sort of... His face was, he face planted the ground. He he was sort of like burying his head in the sand a little bit. And I think he felt a bit annoyed that he let that in. And like you said, it's not as if it was an absolute rocket. It was placement by this, this fella. Um, I think it was, it, it, well, it was his first goal for Carve. I think they only signed him the other day as well. He was one of the players that we, um, we highlighted when we spoke to Glenn from the Sky Blue Hub. And, um, you know, they, they didn't really know what to expect from him. They didn't expect him to actually line up to take the free kick. Um, but there wasn't much power on it, as you say. It was more placement. And Backman's so close to getting it. He just dives that, that split second too late or too early. Because, like you say, the ball just goes under him. At one stage, you watch a replay. And you think, ah, what on earth has he squeezed it in there? And it, it, it is frustrating. And I feel like that was the theme of the day yesterday. Um, I, I was um, I was speaking to a Cuff fan today. And he sort of said that they gifted us um, our goals, which I don't particularly agree with. But I think yesterday, all three goals from Coventry um, were gifted to them. And it's really frustrating because you cut out the silly errors and we win that match 3-0. Um, we went into the break at half-time, 1-1. Uh, what was your feeling at half-time, Cam? Was you thinking, you know, maybe we could go on and win this? It's um, Was you thinking that they were perhaps going to go and win it? Or did you think it was going to win the draw? I thought we would better than we were at Stoke in the first half, but I still thought we were quite slow and Coventry were beating us to a lot of balls. So I was quite relieved to go in. It frustrated because we took the lead, but relieved to go in level, I think. And I thought, yeah, well, we, we could well have gone into that behind. So let's take that and hope Ishmael kicks the shit out of them in that dressing room. Um, yeah, and we, we for sure woke up second half. But yeah, I, you know what? That first half... It was, um, I think looking back now, 
we were sort of much more aggressive, weren't we? At, like with the press, it, it was a lot better than we'd seen in previous games. It was a lot more effective, but it, we just looked sort of, I don't know how to describe it. We looked um, sluggish. Is that the mm. word? Did we look sluggish in midfield? We looked quite easy to to get through. And yeah, Coventry had a, a plenty of half chances, I thought. So good to go in level. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, you know, Ishmael obviously did have a lot of, you know, some stern words at half-time. Took seven minutes in the second half for us to take the lead again. And it was Matthias Martins with his second goal of the season. Katie, the other week, he was trying that all the time. Every chance he could get against Blackburn, trying to cut in and shoot, just like Chucho Hernandez used to do. And this time, it paid off. What a relief and what a goal from Martins. Yeah, I, I was saying he's been trying to get this goal for probably the last all game, all the games he's played because, it, you know, he hit the he hit the post, he hit the bar like it was he he was it was obvious that he wanted it and he actually played really well I think throughout the game and when it came to the goal he hit it so well and it was just absolute limbs but I think. You know, if we have someone like him who's always looking for goal and goal mm. opportunity, I think that also helps because sometimes we've been, I think sometimes we've been lacking actually people having a go or having a shot. And sometimes I'd rather us miss, but at least we've tried than trying to walk it in and be all fancy or whatever. But he, he hit it so nicely and, you know, he really deserved that goal after the last few games. And even yesterday, he was he was great. But he really reminds me of Cucho. So, he, but he did really well. Yeah, he he's definitely a player that gets bums off seats. He excites, like you said, every time he gets a ball, he just wants to drive at goal. And it is frustrating. I think we've definitely been guilty of trying to overplay at times and trying to walk it into the back of the net. And sometimes you just need a, a player like, um, almost called him Chucho then, um, you, sometimes you need a player like Martins who, you know, will cut him onto his other foot and just hit him from the edge of the box. And listen, you know, you, you usually say you, they go in sort of every two in ten goes. And, you know, it almost it feels like that because he had so many attempts against Blackburn and it just did not go in. And I think he'll score... A fair few goals this season, Martins. Do you, do you think he'll, um, Cam? Do you, do you think he'll score a few goals as well? Or yeah, yeah, he will with technique like that. Katie, you said Cucho Hernandez. I was getting serious Roberto Pereira vibes from yeah. from that goal and a lot of what Mateus Martins has been doing this season. He is a handful. He is a bit of a one trick pony, isn't it? He uh, yeah. He cuts in and he he tries that shot a lot. He. I don't see him sort of, you know, crossing the ball, passing it, whatever, linking up with Ken. Um, but yeah, when he when he cuts in he, and he shoots, you know, he can be really effective at that. And I think we could be looking at a, a game changer, really, someone who's going to, you know, win us points, drag us out of our defence, score goals like that. Absolutely. Now, the we we we've sort of grown to know now that. Ishmael likes a triple substitution around the hour mark. Katie, what did you make of the triple subs yesterday? Just to remind those at home, Ngakia come off, Andrews come on, Chatvatadze come on, Deli Bashiru come off, 
and then Espria come on for Tom Ince. Now, for me, I, I was quite happy with Ince staying on. You know, I thought, as I've said, he had a brilliant game and, you know, I would have been happy to see him stay on. I understand he is coming back from an injury, so he's not going to play full 90 minutes. But especially with Andrews coming off, I mean, I, I didn't really understand that one. Um, and then what did you make of Delhi Bashiru as well, Katie? Because um, a couple of t- the recent podcasts, we've sort of said he goes missing a little bit. And did you feel like he, he had much of an impact yesterday? Was you was you happy with that triple change? You know what? I actually think um, he did quite well yesterday. I thought he was carrying the ball forward a lot in midfield. I don't think he was missing. I mean, he wasn't amazing, but I, I do think he is quite solid in midfield and he was making good recoveries, always looking forward for the ball. Um, I think the subs were, like, I was fine with them, you know, a good time. I think, you know, in injury, like, and I think Andrews probably could have played a bit more, but, you know, happy to see Lingakia have a run around. Um, I think it just gave fresh legs and I think it did help the game because we had that more energy, more drive to go forward. I think I really like Chak Fadatsky. He he brings so much energy to that midfield. Every time he gets the ball, he's looking forward. And I think he he I think he was one of the standouts yesterday when he came on because he just puts himself in every position and yeah he he was always looking forward always making recoveries because we did lose the ball a lot yesterday yeah and Cam I can see you nodding your head there Chat with Hadzi, um, you know great impact player so far that we've seen um, another one for me as well Espria you know didn't have the best of games against Blackburn but come on yesterday and looked a real handful didn't he yeah, I'm, I'm nodding because we're all getting to grips with Chak Vitadze's name finally. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a big positive. But uh, what a handy set of subs to have on the bench. Like Espria, you know, he can open up games. Chak Vitadze, he he can run at players. And I think Andrew's sort of, he, he did struggle a bit against, I think he was up against Hadji Wright, who, who looked very, very sharp. And yeah, I, I think that was a good sub. It was... um. Nice to see Chak Vitadze come on. He was picking up all the right positions. He was, you know, p- uh, playing with positive intent. Um, there were a few times late on we had some chances and he was at the heart of it, I thought. And, yeah, I've been a little bit disappointed by him since QPR. He hasn't sort of set the world on fire since then. Uh, but, yeah, it was nice to see him, you know, get involved, get on the ball and make stuff happen. Yeah, and... <laughs> stuff definitely happens because that was 57 minutes and then 64 minutes on the clock out of absolute nowhere and I'm still it's still going round in my head now and I'm sure I'll have nightmares about it for the rest of the week um, if that's how I feel God knows how Wesley Hoop feels um, for me Katie I don't know if you agree why is he playing it back, is the first question. He's got so much space. Even if he tries to play up the line, if it goes out, it goes out. But why not go back to, to Porteous? He wasn't under a, a massive amount of pressure. Um, for those that don't know what we're talking about, obviously Wesley Hoop had the ball, passed it back to Batman. 
Backman wasn't around or wasn't close enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and the, it went in and Cov got another goal. They were gifted the second present of the day. Um, Watford really are the gift that keep on giving. But yeah, Katie, for me, he doesn't need to go back to Batman there, does he? No, and I think you say he wasn't under much pressure. He wasn't under any pressure. Well, like, yeah. Coventry, yeah. Coventry were literally, I thought before that happened, they'd really stepped off the gas. We were really in control, I thought. He was literally, there wasn't even a cough player around. Like, he, no one was coming towards him. He didn't need to do that. The one thing you learn when you're a footballer, even in like, when you're a kid, is that you never pass back to the goal. And he didn't even look. He didn't even look where Backman was. It's it's criminal. It's unforgivable. And also, he hit that ball so hard. Like, mm. he kicked it with a lot of power. I was like, this is probably going to have to take, like, a bit of a save to even stop that, even if Backman was there. I just think it's so careless. Obviously, like, he didn't do it on purpose. But I think... And I've been thinking about, oh, is Backman to blame? Not really, because people are like, oh, he should have anticipated it. It's like, well, I wouldn't think he was going to pass back to me if I was in his position, because there's so much space, so many other players. I think maybe Backman could have dived, but it's, you're not th- it's not what you're going to think about. But it is, it's such a schoolboy error, and I think... It is a it is a thing of nightmares, and I I can't imagine what he's feeling right now. I think at the end he kind of was like apologizing even after mm. because, yeah, it's gonna haunt haunt me and probably a lot of Watford fans. Yeah, they um they showed it on the big screen four times. Yeah, and uh, Hoop was watching every single one of them. And Cam, in terms of the shoulder in the plane, uh, you know you could argue that both are at fault. You know, why is Backman? needs to be communicating with his back line, obviously. But for you, can you understand why Batman's getting the, the, the critics there? Or like, is he just an easy target? Are people just going to blame him no matter what? Or do you actually think Batman had a large fault in that? No, Batman's an easy target now. I mean, who... That, that's all on hoop for me. Maybe Backman can go with his hand. Maybe he should. Maybe he'd get to it and give away the free kick. I'm going to say you'd give away a free kick if you did. Yeah, yeah, but that's better than a goal, isn't it? But, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's solely on hoop. I mean, such an experienced defender, and he's, he's sort of... He said himself he's known for what he can do with the ball. That's <laughs> complacent right there, isn't it? You know, you've got a. I get why he's passed it back. Ishmael wants us to play that way. He, he doesn't want us to hoof it aimlessly down the line or up top or whatever. Mm. He wants us to pass it about. I get why he's done it, but have a have a look. I mean, it's complacent, isn't it? And like Katie said, we were in complete control of that game at that point. You know what, though? There was a moment after of, you know, of unity when it was almost like everyone was celebrating with him after because they all came up and high-fived yeah. him individually. I thought, are we are we happy about this? But <laughs> it's good to see a together squad because last season they would have all been off with their heads down. That's it. And it does knock the wind out of sails. We were on top. We were 2-1 up. And then we go and give away a goal like that. Quite literally, we give them the goal. And it's just deflating. I mean, listen, Ishmael's brought in this new style of play. The players are still getting used to it. 
you know, Backman gets a lot of stick at the moment because there has been a few shaky moments. But at the end of the day, he's been asked to play away that he's never had to play before. So you can't blame him. You could probably sit there and say, well, why not get a goalkeeper in that knows how to play? And that's fair enough. But if they've chosen Batman to be the man, then, you know, mistakes will happen. And I don't mind so much because we're still playing the way that Ishmael wants us to. These things are going to happen. You know, hopefully we don't score a load of own goals like that this season. But it's it's all part of the learning curve. And I think Wesley Hoop, with his experience, he'll be absolutely fine the next game. And he's been solid for us the last few weeks. One of the most consistent performers for me this season, um, definitely. So, yeah, obviously, when that goal went in, it did knock the wind out of the sails. And you sort of, you know, that was 64 minutes in and you're sort of thinking, you know, you always think the worst when Watford concede and, you know, it's an equaliser. You then think, right, a cov then going to go and get their tails up and, and go and score. And I think that did sort of work in Cov's favour a little bit. They started looking a bit more of a better side, sort of creating half chances here and there. And there was another set of substitutes, Cam, which I want to talk to you about. Matty Pollock come on for Sierra Alta and Bio come on for Martins. So I think we went four at the back. I think we went four four two with that. Pollock for Pollock coming on. Like I I still to this moment now, I do not understand that set of subs. I, I do want to caveat that by saying I thought Bio was superb when he came on. He runs his socks off. The work rate that he has put in so far this season, yeah, he should probably be on about six or seven goals already. But the work rate that he puts in, he wants to work for the team. You know, he come in last season, got a couple of goals, did all right, and then we shipped him out on loan again. And so the poor bloke's probably just wanting to play football. So, But what, firstly, Cam, what did you think of the subs themselves? And secondly, what did you think of their performances when they come on? Yeah, look, I think you've got the, the shape wrong there because it was a, a 3-5-2 sort of. We went to... Yeah three at the back and that's how you deal with uh, with two strikers traditionally isn't it you know you put them against an extra center back and yeah that that's going to that should do you a world of good um Matty Pollock best game in a Watford shirt for him I, I reckon um yeah that it, it doesn't compare with that Millwall one uh Bio yeah like you said you know he, he just wants to play and, and he showed it bags of energy running um just running non-stop he he dropped into midfield at times i thought and yeah it just showed his willingness to work he he didn't get on the ball so much but he did have one telling touch didn't he that i'm sure you're going to get into absolutely katie he, he uh you know we we pissed around with it at the back and it didn't work out for us coventry got caught short as well um they tried the back pass Bio was there again hard work to get there, to press, all part of this new system we're playing. And he was able to just dink it enough away from Ben Wilson and Rajovic was in, second goal um, of his Watford campaign and a brace on his debut. We went free to up and the celebrations in that away end, I think it was like 80 minutes in and 
I'll be honest. I thought that's it. We've won it. But again, is that does that mean does that show that this style of football is working? Because last season, I don't think we would have scored a goal like that. It's come from the press there, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think um, credit to Bayo because he seriously is the reason for that goal. Like, it's a good finish, but I think he did so well with the press and just the energy that he brought on the pitch when he came on and he looked hungry. And I think having, um, like, him having to fight for a position is quite good for him. Like, even last season when he was coming on as, like, an impact sub and, you know, he scored... um, lots of a few goals when he was coming on last season and I think it also helped Rajovic because he was like more comfortable up front with Bayer around him because he was like oh there's someone to help out if like he if the ball is loose or it just worked really well and he was able to get up in the air and do a lot with Bayer around picking up um, headers and stuff so I thought I think you know he gets he should get a lot of credit for that because I think he did really well um but the style of play is it's really clear and mm. it's nice to see a group of players who keep running and keep trying, even in the 80th minute. Like, we would have probably died after their own goal normally. And actually, we came back, we scored again. Like, yeah, we conceded, but like, you know, it's, these things happen in football. And at the end of the day, all I want is a, to see a group of players that want to run and try for the shirt. And that was what we saw yesterday. Absolutely, and especially after last season, you know, Jesus, you know, how would we have reacted if that own goal went in last season? We we probably would have gone on to lose that, you know, maybe not 3-2, maybe 4-2. We would have maybe imploded. And it is, you, you're absolutely right. And I think this is where people need to apply a bit of realism because everyone's moaning about, not spending this amount of money and not being active in the transfer window, which we'll talk about at the end of the show and saying that this team isn't any good to challenge and that. But at the end of the day, we're in the middle of a clear out. Like we've had a lot of clear out and we just want our old Watford back. We want a team that look like they give a shit when they wear the badge. We 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 want a team that are going to put in 100% if we come away from a game and we lose 1-0, if I look at the Stoke game, look at the Blackburn game, we lost both of those. But for me personally, I thought we we played well. We give 100%. It's when we come away from games and we've played crap and we don't look like we, we want it. That's when we get pissed off. So I think you're absolutely right. It's so good to see, even so late on, that we're pressing high, we're looking to get more goals and we're looking to win the games. I know that sounds crazy, but I think just based on what we've seen the last few years, we've not seen a team look as hungry as they do um, than how we do at the moment, which is great. Unfortunately, though, um, you know, the the scenes that give me a, a voice as hoarse as this didn't mean that we got the three points because 87 minutes on the clock, Matty Garden made up for his penalty miss. Great strike, I thought. I thought he hit it really well. Cam, for you, was it a foul in the build-up on Porto? For me, it wasn't. He just needs to get up. And I think you're going to make this point. 
But if it was a certain somebody else that we've had in the past, he'd have got absolute pelters. I think that's someone else you're referring to is Cabaselli. Yes. Yeah, and he did get pelters for a, a similar situation away at Blackpool last season. Porteous does this a lot. He um he he likes to play act, doesn't he? He he likes to rather than defend, he, he wants to win a foul, and he, he's got away with it until now. That goal just so so avoidable, isn't it? I mean, people talk about Porteous for captain, but with a mentality like that, you'd rather go down, pretend you've been hit in the face than than actually do your defending. I mean, that's just, it, it's not really acceptable, is it? Um, as for what went on in the box, I, I thought, you know, you're waiting and waiting for a midfielder to, to drop back into the shot on the TV angle and just no one shows up. No one is picking up Matt Godden. Uh, and it was the same in the uh, in the Blackburn game. You know, midfielders need to track back more and they need to pick up these runs. Otherwise, we're going to concede goals like that for fun because, yeah, we, we were far too open in that moment. Mm. So, yeah, that, that that really did sort of knock the wind out of our sails. And, um, you know, there were seven minutes added on at the end and I was worried for a lot of those seven minutes. I thought Cov might go on and win this, but we held on. Three three, the sixth goal thriller at the CBS Arena. What was your overall thoughts on the game and the result, Katie? Um well I think overall I thought what a great game. Like this had everything in it. Um and I think I was disappointed that we didn't win because I really think without the individual mistakes, we would have won. And I think we did look the better side. I think Coventry yeah. did not look as good as they did last season. And I think we, you know, we we played well. If you take away all the errors, I mean, all the errors, but like the individual mistakes, we would have won that. Maybe like 3-1 or like, you know, probably could have even got a fourth. Who knows? Yeah. But it's football and you have to kind of deal with these and take these on the chin. And I feel like... Loads of people who like who are Watford fans love to focus on the negatives. They'll be like, oh, well, we didn't win, so we played badly. It's like there's no expectations for this season. Obviously, we all want to win. We all want to do well. But all I want to see is a team that plays like a team and, you know, does everything for the club. And that's what some people are struggling to figure out because they want they just want us to go up and actually it's not the case people have mm. been asking for a rebuild we've got a rebuild we've got a manager who is putting in a good style of play but it takes time and wins aren't going to come like this but it's obvious that there is a style here that we're trying to play and it just needs a bit more time and we have that time to give. There's no expectations. And people, I think, need to just realise that that's what is going to be this season. It's going to be, oh, OK, we got the draw, but we scored three goals and, you know, this and whatever. And there was individual mistakes, but that's not because we're a poorly coached side. You know, no. I doubt Val I doubt Val said, oh, yeah, you should pass back and score an own goal. Like, he probably didn't say that. So I think people just need to lower their expectations. But I was happy because I saw a side play well and look together and look like a team. So I was happy. I think you, you've summed up perfectly there. I think a lot of people do need to realise the situation we're in. And 
sort of understands that we, yes, we want to be up there. We want to be a Premier League side, but at the end of the day, we're going through a rebuild. I would imagine a large portion of the money received from transfers has come to clearing off the debt. So if we're, we basically, we want a Watford team that look like they, they're, they're fighting for each other and that's what we want. And if that means that we have to sit mid-table, but we see a much more better coach side and a team that gives 100%, then so be it. You know, maybe use this as a season to sort of build the foundations and then next year we can go and put a squad together who can push to be promoted. Um, and Cam, same question goes to you, really. What what was your sort of overall thoughts coming out of the ground yesterday? Yeah, I echo everything Katie said. I, mm. I enjoyed the game. It, it's nice to see that, you know, we are a threat in games. We are working hard and we are playing to an identity. I'd... Um, I'd like to throw out there the the concerns I had walking away from the CBS. I think we're a team that seriously lacks pace. Um, we got what, well, especially down the middle, we got you know Sierra Alta, Wesley Hoot, Ryan Porteous, Delhi Bashir, and Loser. That sort of five in the middle there, and that's showed against us. I think every game so far, once you sort of beat a man, we aren't getting back, and I think. Three players who've had seriously good games against us this season. Uh, Casey Palmer yesterday was brilliant. Yeah. Morgan Whitaker for Plymouth and Sinclair Armstrong for QPR I thought was good. And they're, they're all getting their joy from, you know, getting the ball past our midfield, carrying it and, and running out our defence with pace. That's something we're, we're going to keep struggling with and we struggled with a lot yesterday. But no, that that's just one concern I have. But Overall, yeah, good performance. We should have won it, but keep this up and, and we'll win a lot of games this season. Absolutely. And I think if you take out the errors for from our side, I think we win that 3-0. I think every, all three of their goals were gifted to them and totally preventable. So that's what's frustrating more than anything. But yeah, I agree. I think if we keep this up, then it's going to click one day and one team's going to get an absolute battering. A bit like the promotion season in lockdown when we beat Bristol City 6-0. That was the game that got us clicking. That was the game that got us on a run. And look, we're sitting 18th in the table, but let me just remind everyone that at this stage last season, Bristol City were third in the league. And I think they finished in the lower half of the table. So, you know, the table counts for fuck all at the moment, to be quite frank. And Sunderland beat Southampton 5-0 yesterday. I bet you bottom dollar Southampton is still up there come the end of the season. So I'm not too worried about league positions at the moment. And I'm more worried about how we're looking, how we're playing. And at the moment, we're still playing the same way. And things will only get better. So, just before we, we wrap up, obviously, since we last spoke, there has been transfer deadline day. and It was a very, very quiet one for Watford. We didn't bring anyone in. And as far as I'm aware, nobody went out. 
Um, although, sorry, uh, George Abbott did come back off his loan spell um, in, I think he was in the Conference South, if memory serves me correct. Chippenham. Yeah, Chippenham, Conference South. Um, so a very quiet day. Now, a lot has been made about the transfers or lack of transfers. Katie, for you, were you disappointed not to see any movement at all on the last day? Was you expecting anyone to come in? I mean, it's Watford. Like, we've literally never signed anyone on deadline day. Like, the last time we signed someone was, like, when we signed Saar. And that was, like, God knows how long ago. So, I feel like, because there was no rumours, there was nothing going on, I thought, oh, we're probably not going to sign anyone. And, like, even Andrew, Andrew French was like, yeah, I haven't seen anyone come to the training ground. Like, so I was kind of had low expectations, but... A lot of the stuff that's been said about how like Val doesn't want to sign people for the sake of signing people, I was like, okay, but sometimes like you need an extra body here and there, even if they're not the best, like at least anyone who can just come in if we do have an injury, because I do think we are down to the bare bones. But mm -hmm. you know, we can still sign people on a free if we need, and you know, January comes around quickly, but I think the squad we have is fine as it is. I think we do have quality in some areas. And I think the the players we've signed have already clearly showed and proven a big part to the squad. And I think I almost like that the squad's a bit smaller because it means that people might get on better or, you know, there's, there's just a more of a clickier group. But I think we could have done with maybe another defender and, mm -hmm. you know, but you could always have more and do better so I think you know it was a shame that we didn't sign anyone but I still think you know if worse comes to worse there's people on free who we can get and then we'll just have to hope that January comes along quickly. Yeah and, and Cam just going off the back of what Katie said there obviously Ishmael's come out and said he wants two players per position and that does mean it is a small squad and the unity will be better in a smaller squad. Um, I mean, firstly, was you expecting anyone through the door? And secondly, are you... Because Ishmael's also said that if we need to, we'll dip into the market in January. But this does surely now open the door for youngsters if there are injuries. And Watford used to be that club. And I'm not saying this to belittle you, Cam, because you won't remember, but before the Pozzo's come in, that is what Watford were known for. You know, Watford bringing through academy players. You know, we had, we had a brilliant record. Some went on to do really well, some not so well. But we were always bringing players through from the academy. So are you are you happy about that? Are you happy that it gives the youth a bit more chance? Or are you really frustrated and just wanted players through the door? No, you know, you're right. I, I think... It's good to see the academy get a good go after years of everyone moaning about it. Um, like it or not, George Abbott's our fourth choice centre back. That that's fine by me. But yeah, I would have liked players in. I think though, the last seven eight years, we've been on you know monster revenues from Premier League money, parachute payments, and I think that's left people a little bit out of touch with the um, the situation we're in. Like yeah, we have brought in fifty odd million. But, I mean, you lot hold Duxbury to every word he said. And he he said that money is going to go towards paying the debt. So hold him to that. He's he's paid off the debt. Uh, we, we can't expect too many incomings. And, you know, we didn't get too many. 
we're we're in a position where we can you know we're, we're settled we can push on and we can go again as Ishmael said in January if we need to but next summer we're in a we're in a great position for next summer we are a little bit light right now but honestly this season's just about you know building on Ishmael's style of play um so yeah the priority is be patient with him rather than you know pushing for promotion or whatever absolutely and uh, i'm just happy that the youth are going to get a chance if need be and i've no doubt that it's a big if but if we can keep the team injury free i think we might surprise a few you know i think this squad has got talent and yes i would have liked some reinforcements through the door but i'm i'm happy with where the team's at at the moment don't get me wrong, I will be a little bit worried if we have an influx of injuries like the last couple of seasons, but let's not panic about that just yet because it might not happen. Um, and sorry, I think the plane went over the house and <laughs> with the shit out of me that did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with um, with where we are at the moment and I, I, I really do think that we are going to see some good football this season. So, yeah, um, I think that pretty much sums up everything that we're uh, we're going to talk about. To be honest, um, quite an entertaining game, as we say. Um, I wish every game was a six-goal filler. Obviously, in our favour, that'd be nice. Um, but we have now, unfortunately, got a international break to contend with. Um, I am quite looking forward to seeing Portius play against England uh, and, and what he does um, because. The last couple of times he's played for Scotland, he's um, he's definitely impressed the Scots. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does play against England. But two pointless games. I don't know why you need an international right now. But we return on the 16th of September at home to Birmingham City, who are flying at the moment. And they haven't lost a game. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, we'll be back before then on the Tuesday or Wednesday before the game. Um, we'll be speaking to a Birmingham City podcast called the Blues Focus podcast. Um, my mate Jamie will be coming on and uh, hopefully my voice will be better by then because it's really frustrating me tonight. Um, but thank you all for watching, whether you've watched live or whether you're re-watching it or whether you're listening as a, on a podcast as well. Don't forget to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button too, and stay safe and come on yours. Network.